Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back to Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey podcast. You know, it's been a long time since we've done this. You know, we went on a little break there. Uh, I know I've been busy on, a, on another show, 315 Hockey Live, and, uh, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. But, you know, I missed this so much, and I had to get my buddies back together because there's so much NHL news that we need to talk about that we're going to talk about. Now, for a while, this show had been the, the Hockey History Podcast, which it still is. We're still on the Sports History Network. However, we're going to change things up a little bit because we want to be able to incorporate both the new and the old. So for segment one, we're going to be talking about the the modern news here, the modern news in the NHL and beyond. And then in segment two, we're going to, of course, pick a little hockey history segment. We used to do that, the Zamboni time machine, which is always fun. So anyways, um, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, you'll notice that I'm home. Uh, Normally, I'm in Dave the Save's studio, but uh, Dave the Save's wife is running for mayor here in Little Falls. So his time is very limited. So we're going to be running a home studio for this show for now. Anyways, I'm going to bring in my co-host. First of all, the guy who's been with us for uh, the past few Marty's here. We've been doing those best of the best segments, which are a lot of fun. Uh, My friend, my pal, and he is not a better hockey player than I am. Ed Stefaniak, what's going on, brother? Uh, Scotty, I have international games under my belt, so I want some respect on my name. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll just call you Mr. Not a Better Hockey Player Than Scotty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's going on nothing much scotty just you know just hitting the ground two leagues now it's it's a ton of fun you know beer league all-star if there was a hall of fame for beer league i'd be first ballot would you say you would get the golden can i would i would definitely get the golden can i, I want a, I want a golden jofa though yeah <laughs> well I, I have to give you credit. You actually have worn those in a B League game. So I wore them in C League too. And that's Did you really? It's an absolute nightmare. Sticks just flying everywhere. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Yeah, no, it is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. <laughs> oh, boy. And our other co host, brand new to the show. Uh, you know, we got chatting a little bit online, and I'm like, this guy will be a perfect fit for Marty's illegal stick here. So I'm going to bring him in. He's Mr. Connor Weidman. Connor, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic, and uh, you got another show yourself. Yeah, um, it's called Get the Fuck Out Podcast. Um, I started about two months ago, I'd say. Um, I wasn't really thinking about starting a podcast until I started watching other people do podcasts. But it's mainly about trash talk, um, different leagues, stuff like that. I do cover some leagues, um, but it's mainly AHL, ECHL, and 
other smaller leagues and sometimes mixed in with NHL. Nice. Very nice. And, and uh, you know, you were telling me you're you're a big Devils fan. You're a big Utica Comets fan, Adirondack Thunder fan. Ed here is a big Boston Bruins fan. Uh, so this ought to be a pretty interesting dynamic. I almost had another Ranger fan coming on to make this a real interesting show. Oh, not your but, dad. <laughs> but he, couldn't, he couldn't make it at the last minute. So, uh, you know, we, we can talk about that later on. <laughs> but anyways, since we're all here, here gathered and we're talking to NHL, We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the team's best or the league's best team so far. Uh, surprisingly enough, it's the Boston Bruins. You know, I'm looking at their record, Ed, and I know how big of a Bruins fan you are. Oh, uh, they got 49 wins. They're only eight losses. Yeah, eight regular losses. 103 it's, points. That's incredible uh, for this yeah, season. So, it's insane. Ed, why have they been so good this year? Uh, honestly, I think it's just the locker room. Like, you, you, you hear that sentiment of win one for Berge, win one, one more for Berge. And that's that's what it's coming down to. I mean, the team's gelling, the the depth on it. When you have Coyle as a third or fourth line center, that's that's just incredible depth. You know, and the, the trades they made this the, this past trade deadline for Bertuzzi and Hathaway and Orlov. I mean, Orlov's on a tear right now. It's, it's just this team likes each other which is probably the most important part of it is that the team actually is getting along. You know, yeah, it's... which, you know, I mean, I, towards the end of, the, of last season, you know, when, and I remember we talked about this when Bruce Cassidy got let go. And a lot of Bruins fans were going crazy. They're like, oh, my God, what are they doing? What are they doing? How are we going to win without Bruce? Right? And then they bring in Jim Montgomery, who, you know what, I'm actually glad to see him back in the league getting a second chance of coaching after everything that happened to him in Dallas. Yeah. And it, it seems like that locker room, like you just said, they like each other. But it more, it seems like, it don't, I don't want to say the pressure's off because they're the best team in the league. But from what I've read in you know, reports, it seems that there's not as much of a, a crack the whip as there was with uh, Cassidy. Cassidy was just an absolute, like, dictator of a coach. I mean, right. you're seeing it in Vegas. You're seeing, you, you know, you've heard stories of it when he coached in the AHL. He's very much a authoritarian coach, which it works. You know, it's just a coaching style. You've seen, you know, other coaches in the past. Uh, the one for the Rangers in the 94 Cup, he was an absolute. Oh, Mike Keenan, Iron Mike. Iron Mike, he's an absolute just diabolical person. You know, <laughs> Babcock, who's you know, a joke of a human, but he gets, he gets results. Um, and he's, you know, so Cassidy has that style. Mont Montgomery is very much, you know, laid back, you know, he wants to be, you know, more of a friend than a coach, which I personally, for me, that's what I like, you know, growing up playing, I, I liked those coaches a lot more and it made me want to run through a wall for him. So that's probably what I'm thinking, too, is, like, this team has it. They had it last year. It's, did they want to play for Cassidy? And I don't think that's the case at all. Why play for somebody? Why, why keep somebody around if you don't like them? Yeah, yeah, so, they're, they're, that's a very good point. And I think with Montgomery's style, you, you can get away with that because the Bruins have a very veteran group. Yes. Um, I don't think if they were a young team, I think they would be kind of hard-pressed with that. But, yes. you know, you mentioned uh, Hathaway and Orloff. I can't believe that the Capitals gave them away for basically a song and a dance. Yeah, uh, that was pretty, uh, well, pretty surprising considering that really Washington's still in the playoff hunt. But yeah, they, they do have to get younger too. Yeah, and you know, 
Hathaway at, uh, Hathaway would be a, a throw-in in any trade in this league. You know, he doesn't get he doesn't get points. He's very much just a gritty guy that you put out there just to really muck it up. And or the Orlov aspect, I was really surprised by that. You know, he's a very physical defenseman who gets points. And the fact that seventy five percent of his salary has been retained is is just music to my ears. We're going to talk about that whole retention thing in just a minute, too. I think that, that, that just put a thought in my head. But yeah. before we go to that, Connor, I want to ask you, as the big hockey fan, you've been watching Eastern Conference. Is Boston this good, though? Because they obviously they made the changes at the trade deadline. But in the offseason, they really didn't do a lot. And all of a sudden, they've had this massive improvement. Uh, they're a very good hockey team, obviously. But are they 103 points with 62 games in good? Um, <clears throat> I would say so. Um, I hate to say it as a <laughs> Devils fan. Um, I've been watching a couple of the games. They've actually been playing pretty damn good. Um, I think that they could go all the way. I Like I said, I'm a huge Devils fan. I hate to say it, but I think they're going to be one that goes all the way this year. Yeah, I mean, they did bring in Linus Allmark. It was that two years ago, right, Ed? Yeah, two years ago, Linus Allmark. Now, who knew Linus Allmark was going to be this good this year? I mean, he's been ridiculous lights out this year. Uh, you know, and obviously, whatever it is they're doing is working. For me, I mean, if you bet your money on Boston to win the Stanley Cup, I wouldn't say you, you made a bad bet at all. Uh, but I will say that the Eastern Conference is going to be a gauntlet to get through in these playoffs. And truthfully, there has been a lot and I mean a lot has gone right for Boston and very little has gone wrong so far. You know, so my, I mean, my thing about the because McAvoy and Marshawn came back earlier than expected, which really helped. Yeah. That helped big time. And outside of those two, there really, I mean, as far as I know, there really hasn't been any major injuries to deal with. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the DeBrusque injury was really, Oh yeah. One, yeah. True. But that was only what? three, four weeks, and he had a yeah. broken femur. Like, that, that's superhuman. <laughs> Bionic. Um, yeah. Um, so, and here's why I don't think the Eastern Conference is going to be that much of a gauntlet. Um, I believe, personally, you know, look at round one. You know it's going to be Toronto-Tampa. They're going to bang on each other for seven games. Absolutely just destroy each other for seven games. And Boston's going to get who? Pittsburgh? Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Washington, maybe Buffalo. Um, and just run right through them. So you're going to have a, ba- a battered Tampa or Toronto going up against a fresh Boston. Um, and same goes for Carolina. You know, you're going to have the Rangers and the Devils just absolutely just destroying each other for seven games. And Carolina's going to run through Buffalo, Ottawa, maybe, maybe Pittsburgh, and then it's going to be the same thing for them. That Eastern Conference final is going to be interesting, but round two is just going to be a dismantled team playing against a fresh team. Well, I I agree with you in the regards that Boston is definitely going to get the best draw in the first round, which they should. They've been the best team in the league. There's no doubt about it that they deserve to get the best draw. Um, It's it's looking like it's going to come down to New Jersey and the Rangers out of the Metropolitan. Of course, it's going to be Toronto and Tampa Bay in the Atlantic. But before we get into New Jersey and the Rangers, Tampa Bay suddenly seems to be stumbling. Now, is this 
to the, the beginning of the end for Tampa because they have had one heck of a run. Very, Listen. very much so. But they're also starting to get a little long in the tooth. And let's be honest, just like the Chicago Blackhawks when they won their three cups, that team has played a ton of hockey over the past five, six years. Yeah, I, I think it's not necessarily the beginning of the end. It's it's going to be a long stretch, but you you got to think it's three three finals in a row. They deserve they deserve every break they can get right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. What do you think, Connor? Um, I don't know. I really don't. <clears throat> this whole this this whole thing is crazy. Um, but I like Tampa. I think like what goes up must come down. Um, yeah. Like last year, I thought they're going to win the cup, but they didn't. Um, but like you said, they've been very sluggish, I would say. And a lot of people have been talking about that. Are they going to start slowing down? Um, but I think Tampa is going to come to a halt and not really get back in the swing of things like they used to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough for them, to be honest with you. And in you just see that trade they made for Tanner Janelle from I Nashville. I like I like the player, but that was almost like a desperation trade for for a guy that it that isn't putting up offensive numbers. I mean, he had a great season last year, but do they need the offensive numbers? They have Kuchma, yeah, but I know. But if, if you're a team that's getting older like that, do you give up five picks? Yeah, I, I after that player, I, I, I'm sorry you don't do it. And that's yeah. my opinion. Well, that's the thing is, are those five picks going to absolutely change the franchise? They're just magic beans, really. You don't know what they're going to become. But you now you know who Tanner Janot is, and you already have pieces that could win. So you're selling, you're mortgaging that future to win again now. You know, yeah, you know that in five, five years, Tampa's going to be bottom of the league. Right, because don't forget, they gave up two first-round picks in that Brandon Hagel trade last year. So they, they last year with that Brandon Hagel trade, they absolutely already admitted that they want to win now, you know, and that their window is not necessarily – closed yet but it's on the way down might as well sell the house to get a few more cups in well i mean i guess but but i don't know i like i said i listen i i understand what you're saying about the magic beans part you know because there is such a thing as having actually too many prospects because you don't you only have enough room yeah right there's only so many spots but you also have to keep your your prospect pool replenished and to me like i said i don't mind them getting tanner Janot at all I'm just the, the price they paid. And to be honest with you, with this trade deadline, some of those prices were ridiculous. Yeah. They really were. They really oh, were. Yeah. And you Everyone know what? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of trade, so now we're going to come right down Connor's uh, specialty here. Uh, so obviously, we, we're up here in upstate New York. There's a lot of Rangers fans around. There's a lot of Devils fans around. So let's talk about a little bit because both of those teams made big trades. Uh, the Rangers went out and got Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. Well, the Devils went and got Timo Meyer. That was the, the team that he was rumored to be going to for about, was about two months. Yeah. <laughs> and then it finally happened. So, Connor, tell me what you think about – let's start off with the Timo Meyer trade. <clears throat> Did the Devils pay too much to get him? You want my honest – that honest opinion? I think so. Um, See, my thing when it comes to, like – the hockey, like you said, prospects, stuff like that. Like, I was a big Zetterlin Zutter, uh, fan. I oh, that my person. daughter, too. She she sobbed for two days. When I saw that, I was not happy. Because um, all the rumors were rolling around of who they're going to send over, and then it finally dropped. But, you know, it's, it's hockey. It happens, and hopefully he does well down with the Sharks. 
But I think they did a little bit overpaid for him. I mean, he had played only what? How many games so far? Two, I think, or one? I think yeah, I don't two or one. Ever since he came over, because I think he did have an in. I think he was injured. I believe, like correct or something like that. Right. I want to play him so quickly? Um, but it's fifty-fifty. To be honest, I think they did overpay way too much. But we'll see in the end. Um, just hopefully they can retain him in the offseason. Well, that's going to be the key. So, if in in my opinion, if if they are able to re-sign him, which I think they will. Then what they paid, honestly, to me, wasn't all that bad. I mean, I hated to see Zetterlin go, too, for my daughter's sake, because I got my daughter, you guys don't even understand, totally in love with Fabian Zetterlin uh, from our Utica Comets you know, connection, because we're right outside of Utica. Um, so once she stopped sobbing, and I <laughs> but if you really look at what they gave, I'm surprised that they were actually able to get Timo Meyer without giving up Alexander Holtz, without giving up Dawson Mercer, Without giving up Shimon Nemec, uh, honestly, that's not a bad deal. That really isn't. I mean, I liked Andreas Johnson. I did. He was doing great in Utica. You know, I like Nikita Hotuk. I love the guy. Hard hitting defenseman, very physical. But let's be honest with that New Jersey blue line, where's the room? Because you got Luke Hughes coming as well. And they've already said he's not going to Utica. When his, his season in Michigan's done, he's going straight to New Jersey. So if you can make a move for a player that's 27 years old, like Meyer is, and it's and again, like I said, the caveat there is they have to re-sign him. If they can re-sign him and get him signed to another seven, eight-year contract and keep him around, then you, you, you got to applaud him for doing what they did. Now, I know there's some, some people that are freaking out because he hasn't scored and it's, you know, oh, my God, what did we do? Well, it's two games in. It's two games in. Relax. Um, and honestly, it's reasons like that that I actually wish that they would move the trade deadline back to, say, the beginning of February. Because, to be perfectly honest with you, and we're, we'll talk about the Rangers in just a second, I think that it's actually kind of ridiculous to have the trade deadline be that late. Because if you're going to you know, spend all this draft capital and roster capital to get these big-name players, Eddie, you know, it, 15, 20 games is not enough to get used to your new, your new no team. Way. So if you don't click right away, then that if you're planning on making that big trade to win the cup that season, that's why oftentimes it blows up in teams' faces because there yeah. just simply isn't enough time to adjust. It's that especially simple. when you get it, especially when you get a big piece like Kane and Tarasenko, which Tarasenko is working out. But but Kane don't forget might... they got him in what January, right? Uh, early February. Early February. February. Okay. In February, so they he had a little, he has a little bit more time, but he paid off right away. But like Timo Meyer at the deadline and Patrick, twenty games is not enough. No, no, at that level, nowhere near enough. No, not at all. You no, know, learning a whole new system, learning a whole new coach, and the on the fly, like it's it, it's it's gonna it, you know that's why you see teams that make these big trades sometimes they fall on their face. Exactly. You know, it's 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 just natural. Yeah, know, absolutely. That chemistry is important. I can't believe we're agreeing. Well, you know <laughs> what? Sometimes sometimes it happens. <laughs> but you know, let's talk, let's talk about the Rangers for just a second because I, I think that the, the Tarasenko trade has started to work out because like I said, they got him earlier. He's had enough time to get acclimated. Uh they went out and they, they landed the other big fish, Patrick Kane. But two thoughts on that. 
Now, one, of course, if you can get a chance to get Patrick Kane, you go get him because the guy's a legend. Definitely a surefire Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. But is he really what the Rangers needed? Because the Rangers can score goals. Let's just, you know, they can score goals left and right. But what to win in the playoffs, you need grit. You need to have a gritty line. And do they really have that? So, and here's my thought on the Rangers. It's they are grittier than what we expect. You know, when you have Truba and Kreider, who are two of the grittiest players, and one of the definitely Truba being the hardest hitting player in the league right now. Um, I think they have, you know, not enough grip, but you know, for their situation, a good amount of grip. Um, but other than that, they're not going to get past you know, Boston and, or, you know, they're going to have a hard time in New Jersey. It's just, it's that it's stating the facts. Like they have the one, the two gritty players and that's it. Can they beat Carolina? Not, not, not a chance. There's no Connor, chance. what do you think? There's no chance of them being Carolina. Not um, a chance. Of them not a chance. Um, I, they have the grit, but I have to agree with um, Ed that, they don't, I don't think so. Yeah, that's um, just no. Patrick, I don't think Patrick Kane not not he's not not to say he's not fitting well. I just don't think he's really fitting in that mesh in the Rangers organization right now. Right, I mean, he's come from Chicago, which losing streaks, of course. Yeah, but if you look <laughs> at it, they haven't won since they picked up Patrick Kane. No, and, and again, it, it takes time. And, you know, they're, they're talking that he's going to be playing with Artemi Panarin, who he's very familiar with, of course. But, you know, again, it, it takes time. And I want to address something else, too, because this you know what really bothered me about that trade? I don't care that he went to the Rangers. Whatever. Hey, great. Good for them. But to get him, somebody had to retain 75% of that contract because that's how close the Rangers were. So, obviously, Chicago retains 50%. But now, all of a sudden, Arizona, which is basically like the dumpster of the league, somehow manages to retain 25% of a contract on a player that's never, ever going to suit up for them or even be a part of their organization this season. To me, that's not right. I'm sorry. That, 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 and I listen, it's a loophole in the CBA. If you can get away with it, hey, I salute. Good for you. Great. But to me, that's something that the league needs to take care of. And obviously, they can't do it until there's a new CBA. But that's ridiculous that all of a sudden – because to me, why have a salary cap? What's the point? Yeah, exactly. What is I the think, point? If you can just sit there and, and say, oh, well, call – hey, listen, you want a draft pick? I know you got a lot of cap space, and you're not going to make the playoffs. So here, take part of this contract somehow, and we'll make it work. That, to me, that I'm sorry, that just reeks of cap circumvention. I agree. It really I does. Um, and like you said, it's it, as of right now, it's a loophole in the CBA. So get away with it all you can. Um, but if they don't do anything to fix this, you're going to start seeing ridiculous trade after ridiculous trade. Like, you know, it, it's it's going to be just an absolute just nightmare because you're going to be sitting there just looking at it, being like, who went to who, what. How did how did how did Toronto afford that many players this deadline? Yeah. I know, right? It's you know, it's it's a joke, right? It's an absolute joke. It is. Uh, why bother? Why yeah. even bother with it? And you know, I'm glad you actually mentioned Ryan O'Reilly because 
you know, here we're talking about big trades, giving up big assets to get players. And all of a sudden, and, you know, it's something that you can't help as a part of the sport, but now he's on LTIR with a broken finger. Hey, listen, it, it serves him right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to tell me why. I hate the Maple Leafs. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes perfect sense what, as well. What does, what does the Maple Leafs fan do after they win the Cup? We don't know. Turn off their Xbox and go to bed. I mean, that's the only way they win a cup on Xbox. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm sorry. I I agree. I don't like Toronto. I don't like I don't like Austin Matthews. Yeah. No, I love I love I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. He's he's a he's he's. I love Austin. I love Poppy. I I hate Maple Leafs fans. They're the absolute worst. Maple Leafs fans are. Do you think that Gary Bettman is trying so hard to help Arizona, the Coyotes, that is, in any way he can, in the hopes oh, that yeah. when Matthews becomes a free agent, he goes to Arizona, oh, where yeah. he's from, and saves that franchise? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Why wouldn't he? You know, they, they, uh, apparently they have this 10-year no-movement clause that when the, team, when the team got bought recently, that that was – the NHL made him sign that. So we're dealing with another eight years of Arizona. Um, and on top of that, you, you, you're, the teams, they're, they're allowing them to take these contracts just to hit the cap floor just so uh, they can go out and afford players like Austin Matthews and get draft Connor Bedard. If, if Connor Bedard is 100% going to Arizona this in the draft, he is 100% getting drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know about that. What do you think, Connor? Not Bedard, Connor Weidman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so. I think he would go there. Um, I mean, my question is, is are they ever going to get their own arena again? Yeah. Are they, are they are. Like, watching their games on TV in a college arena is ridiculous i mean it looks like i'm watching a high school game at five. yeah yeah i mean i've seen more electricity in a I, i've seen a more electric crowd at minnesota high school games that i've seen on espn plus it's, it's so they're working on an arena deal in tempe i want to say yeah that's what i heard too so like they it's all but greenlit the question is are the owners gonna pay the bills are they going to keep right. the lights on? That's what. That's why they're in this situation to begin with. They didn't pay the bills. They didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't go out there and they didn't pay. You know, they didn't pay the the rent. They didn't pay whatever it was, and now they're stuck in a college arena. I mean, Arizona's an absolute joke. Um, the the league needs to get a better ownership group in there. Well, let me ask you guys a question because you just mentioned Connor Bedard. And, of course, there's all the talk of the, of the league is teams are tanking for Bedard. Yeah. It, kind of, it reminds me of 2015, right, when all those McDavid. teams were tanking for Connor McDavid. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question. In, t- in the NHL these days, with the lottery system in place, is it really worth it to tank? Because I did a little research on this. And in the past 15 drafts, the last place team in the whole league has drafted first overall only seven times. So, so if you're, I mean, it, I understand the difference between knowing your team's not going to make the playoffs and let's just get as many assets as we can. But is it really worth putting out basically, let's say, an AHL team 
to tell to tell your fan base that hey, we're doing this because we want to get the next generational talent. Because if you remember, like I said, when when that happened with McDavid, because there was what six seven teams at that year. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo was the Edmonton. first well, the one that came to mind. I mean, they they pretty much had the ECHL up there. Yeah. To, oh you know, God. And they oh, ended up with Michael. Which, yeah. You know. Let's see how that worked out. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, and so, I think it wasn't that bad that year. I think they were like the eighth worst team, and so they won the lottery. Here's my thought on on that. And if you look at the trends, Edmonton's gotten a lot of first overall picks. Buffalo's gotten what? One, two, two. In New Jersey, big market, got a couple first overall picks. The Rangers, the one opportunity they had, they got a first overall pick. You think Bettman's going to let his baby, the Arizona Coyotes, not get the first overall pick? Especially it's their time. A savior. It's their time. Yeah, they were. They were. They were a smidge too good. This this whole thing reeks of rigged. Look at the well, NBA. Look at the NBA. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. They, yeah, right. you know, they, what was it? The, the theory is that they had all the envelopes in the, in the draft lottery inside of the bowl and they freeze dried one of them. So they knew which one to grab. <laughs> Could you imagine if it was stuck to the side of the bowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, that's actually the, the, the theory is that they like freeze dried it right before. So they could pick that one and it'll say New York Knicks. Cause they didn't want them to go to the Washington bullets. <laughs> You're getting the most electric guy in the draft, and he's going to play for the Bullets? No. Well, yeah, but he did play for Georgetown, which is right there in Washington, D.C. Yeah, but the league doesn't care about that. The league wants money. <laughs> well, Imagine the Bedard Coyotes jerseys that'll sell off the shelf. They'll sell out in a minute. They'll sell that 4,000-seat out arena in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> The league has a team on life support, and the only way to get them back off life support is to get Connor Bedard. Yeah, be, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. That I mark my word. Sure. Arizona is getting the first overall pick because they're on life support, and it's Batman's baby. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys both think Arizona's going to get it. I somehow, some way, think it's going to end up somewhere else. But we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be interesting for sure. Well, that's the thing: is Arizona this year is historically bad. But yeah, but Ed, they're winning. I, I just looked, I, I, and I couldn't believe this myself. I just looked. They're actually better in the Western Conference than Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago, which has really got to be, like, freaking the NHL out. They've got to be going, guys, you're not supposed to be winning. Stop that. We're trying so, to get you Bedard, right? Chicago's definitely not going to get it. They're going to put lead in that ball. So they're, they're going to they're gonna do everything they can to make sure Chicago doesn't get it because of – everything that happened this past offseason. Um, Anaheim, they're like, how are you not surviving with Zegris and Mason and McTavish the, and Mason McTavish and all these players? Yeah. Um, that's you're on your own. They're gonna they're gonna put helium in that Arizona ball. They're just gonna inject it with helium so it floats right up to the top and they pick it up and they say, Arizona Coyotes, your first overall pick. <laughs> all right, well uh, we'll see. We'll see about this one. We'll see. All right. So I want to wrap this up, this, this segment here, with a little bit of wild card talk because that Eastern Conference, especially, it's is, going to, is going to go right down to the wire. Yeah. And while I totally agree with you guys in the regards that whoever does get in in that wild card is going to have a very, very tough hill to climb, be it uh, Boston or as it looks right now, Carolina. But 
I'm just going to go over this real quick here. Uh, right now, in the one and two wildcard spots, are the New York Islanders with 74 points, the Pittsburgh Penguins with 73. They're one, two. Uh, followed by the Florida Panthers at 70, the Ottawa Senators 68, the Buffalo Sabres 68, the Washington Capitals, who we just talked about, with 68, and Detroit still hanging around with 65, but I don't think they got enough runway left. Detroit's done. From Buffalo up is where it gets interesting. Now, here's what's really interesting, is that the Islanders have played more games than everybody else. They got 66 games in. So the Penguins have 63, so they got a little wiggle room. Florida's in that same boat the Islanders are. They got 65 points, and I'll tell you, they have been just a total disappointment. After last season, what a disappointment they've been. What intrigues me is Ottawa and Buffalo. So they both have 63 points or 63 games in, right? They're both trailing the Islanders by six points and they have three games in hand. So believe it or not, the Ottawa Senators and the Buffalo Sabres still have a shot at this. They still have the same record. So they're winning in loss columns. Yeah, exactly. Ottawa is going to claw and scratch their way into that playoff spot. Just seeing Brady Kachuk challenge that whole Detroit Red Wings bench. I love that. And going and the team backing him. And that's the important part the team backing him. They are, he is going to drag them into a playoff spot. Brady Kachuk is such an X factor for that team. And he, he, he wants to win and he wants to win now. He needs meaningful games. When you're when you're a captain and you are that young, you need meaningful games. It's important, and he is going to get them meaningful games. They they, they may not necessarily make a playoff spot, but they're going to be playing for the playoffs with five games left. Yeah, which is exactly what they need, really. Uh, it's because a, it's Ottawa and Buffalo are not only similar records, but they're in similar positions with their their fan bases. Right, their fan bases are fed up with the losing. Yeah, absolutely fed up. Yeah. And they're finally starting to get people back in the building. And if you look at Ottawa, right, and when they made that trade for Jacob Chikrin from Arizona, <laughs> I looked, I'm like, what are they doing making that trade? Are you kidding me? I mean, he was supposed to go to all the top teams. Remember, he was going to go to Boston. He was going to go to L.A. He was going to go here. He was going to go there. Then he goes to Ottawa. And then I looked, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Ottawa's still got a chance at this. And if you're in their situation, sure, you try to make that move. But Ottawa is going to have to start winning now. And, and I'll tell you, I like what they're doing because they're loaded with prospects. Not, and, and I like what they're doing in the regard. They're saying to their prospects, okay, we've invested all this time in draft picks and all that into you. Now it's your turn. Now you got to prove it because they traded away their first-round pick getting Alex to bring it for this year. Next year's is gone in the Jacob Chikrin, uh, Jacob Chikrin tree. So there is no first-round picks. But, Connor, is there a chance – that the Buffalo Sabres could sneak into this? Um, I would say yes. Um, they're, the atmosphere, like if you watch their games, the atmosphere in that arena that has gone up, it's like they're in, they're in the playoffs. Um, the energy in that arena, like I said, it. I, someone was talking about it somewhere else, I heard, and just the energy is changing in that arena out there. Absolutely. Like you could, like, I've watched a few other games as well, and I watched the game versus Edmonton. Um, but I do think they'll make it. Um, but it's going to be – I think them and Ottawa is going to have to really battle this out. 
I wouldn't be surprised if both teams make it. The I Islanders, the it. Islanders have too many games played with too little points. They're 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 realistically just they're they're in the position they're in because of the games played. I mean, if you really do look at it, I think don't they have more games than some of the teams in wild cards right now? They have more, more games teams, than everybody. More games than everybody. Yeah, more games than everybody. Yeah. So they're realistically in the position they're in right now just because they've had more games, more just volume. Yeah, um, and the Penguins. They, they they they're a laughing stock right now. They they did dick all for that whole trade deadline. Who they get? Nick Benino? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm shivering. My, my timbers are shivered there. Nick Benino. Oh. Um, but it's so they're they're just they're the goal. The Pittsburgh goaltending situation. The lack of depth. You know. The, Realistically, just the aging core mixed with the inexperience on the back end on their bottom six and their bottom four defensemen. I mean, they're they're a sinking ship. I realistically don't see them getting in whatsoever, um, especially goaltending. Um, so when you really put it, break it down, Buffalo and Ottawa. I think you're going to sneak into those last two spots, and it's unfortunate they're going to be playing two juggernauts like absolute just units of teams, but that's what they need. You yeah. Know, you got to get, you got to get to that level to, in order to get better. Cause now you're going to be like, Oh, uh, you're going to have these free agents who want to play with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. They want to play in that environment. You know, it's Dylan like, cousins. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin oh, having God. a career year. Owen oh, power. Just... looks like he's the real deal. Owen oh, power. I mean, you got Jeff that Skinner's uh, back. You got that goaltender that's coming up. Devin Levi. He's yeah. nasty. Yeah. Um, you know, Uka Pekalukanen, he's he's a solid goaltender. He's got the best name in hockey. I don't care what anybody says. Oh yeah, no, I, if, if there was a if if there was hockey rules for Scrabble, I'd play him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally I totally agree with you guys. And I'll tell you, I was out there in December for the uh, the LA game. It was December thirteenth. And unfortunately for me, being a Kings fan, that's where that turnaround started, if you recall. Right? So that game was nothing, nothing going into the third period. The Sabres scored six goals in the third period, and then they went on an absolute terror to climb back into this. But when we, yeah, it, it, yeah, believe me, I remember being there. It was horrible. It was great. <laughs> uh, but, I was only rooting for the Buffalo Sabres for you. Yeah, I knew you were. I knew it. But anyway, <laughs> but you're, you know what? That building was half empty, and you know there was just kind of this whole, uh, we were supposed to be good, here we go again kind of feeling. And now here we are two months later, and Connor, you hit the nail on the head. That building's electric now. It's packed. People are coming back. People are believing in the Sabres again, which, you know what, good for them. Because I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. They have a phenomenal fan base out there, and they deserve better. They deserve better than they were getting. So I'm actually very happy for them. The Sabres are getting better. I'm actually happy for them. I just miss going on StubHub, buying $8 tickets to Sabres games on the glass and then taking a $30 train out there. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I, I got a feeling those days are over for now, my friend. Well, you know but, what? I could always go see a doubles game in three years. Right, right, right. Well, we'll, we'll see I about think that. Buffalo needs a championship out there. Yeah, that's right. They've never had one. They don't need a championship. They just need to Buffalo? think they – yeah, they just need to think that they need a championship. I think you deserve it. I mean, I not not, not, bring, not into bringing the football stuff. I mean, my dad's a Bills fan, so if my dad does watch this, he'll probably call me after this and stuff. But, like, they have these teams that do great, and then they choke. I uh, I, don't think I, think, I think Buffalo could, you know – 
hopefully this year, but I think if they keep up the way they're doing now, they'll end up in the Stanley Cup one day. The, uh, you, know what's, there. you know what surprised me? I was really surprised at the trade de- deadline that they didn't go get another goaltender. I think they should have. No. Because as much as no. I love Uka Pekalukanen, he's not the answer going in. Craig Anderson is great. I mean, he's a great story, but he's also 42 years old. They, and they can't, I, they're not playing him every game because they, they can't, right? I, but why go get a goaltender when you're going to have Devin Levi next year? Right, but what I'm saying, go get a rental goaltender. They got enough draft picks. They, they got enough prospects that they're never going to get well, room for. They should have went and got Jonathan Quick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Jonathan Quick would have went there? He had no choice. He had no. He, there was no trade protection in his contract. But that's the thing. Would, would he he would have done to Buffalo what he did to Columbus? No, he didn't. No, Columbus flipped him. Yeah, yeah, but he they only flipped him because he's flat out told them, "I'm not playing for you." No, but you know what? Columbus knew they're not going to the playoffs either. So why not flip him and get some assets for him? Now here's you're a Steer Kings fan, and I gotta ask you: Was that not the most disrespectful trade in history? Absolutely oh. not. No, what was the most Absolutely disrespectful? Not. And I'll tell you why. Because as much as I love Jonathan Quick and I loved everything he did for the franchise, at the end of the day, you have to make moves to make your team better. And he said flat out that he wants to play next season. So the Kings were in kind of a spot because they weren't going to re-sign him next year. It wasn't going to happen because they still got Kel Peterson that they got to manage to fit that contract in. And now you got Phoenix Copley that they signed for another year. So he was gone, right? And again, I love Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick had a what, 870 save percentage this season? Mm-hmm. 870? Now, the Kings are on the verge of making the playoffs here, and they got a chance to make some noise in the Western Conference. So if you can move a player that, let's face it, he wasn't going to start in the playoffs. It was going to be Phoenix Copley. So why wouldn't you move somebody if you can get some assets back? Because the one thing that they desperately needed was a solid left defenseman. They don't have that in the pipeline. So they go and get that left defenseman. And they also get Eunice Corpusalo, who to me is a pretty darn good goalie. He was playing on a rotten team, which is another one. I'm surprised the Sabres didn't actually go after him too. But that notwithstanding. So I don't think it's disrespectful at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Because let's face it, Eddie, Wayne Gretzky got traded what, twice? Three to twice. twice, yeah. So – Listen, people get traded. This is what happens. Now, did I like the way it was? I mean, it could have been handled maybe a little bit better. But at the end of the day, this is what happens. And and listen, it's not like they traded him at the beginning of the season, right? There's 20 games left. So, it's it's, listen, I I don't think it was really disrespectful at all. I just – it hurts. There's no doubt about it. Of course it hurts. You, You never want to see a legend go. But Father Time always wins. And again, the Kings are in a position to win. It's listen, they're not tanking for Connor Bedard or Bedard. I almost said Mick Bedard. (laughs) Jesus. Oh boy. All right. Is it Friday? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So no, I, I don't think that was actually I really don't think that was disrespectful. I can see we'll agree to disagree on that one, Scott, because I think that was I was shocked because you just sent you just sent a legend to hockey hell. So what though? So, so what? what? It's it's so the what? end of the. What were they going to do? There, there was. It's not like they were going to get a lot of assets from a contender, and it's not like a contender was going to take them. 
I mean, again, yeah, well, I love the guy. I love him eventually the franchise, but you know why? He was having the worst season of his career. And at the end of his career. So if you can be, because saying, and another thing too, don't forget that contract, it was five point eight million dollars for this season. Now I know it goes down with the every day because of the salary cap and all that, but they had to create some cap space if they were going to improve that team. And if you're not going to play them, why not move them and move up that move that cap space? I'm just saying when Vegas plays LA in the playoffs, it'll be very interesting. I was just about to say that. That's gonna be interesting. He's gonna he's gonna start game one and light you guys up. I don't think so. He's gonna get a goalie goal in the playoffs. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what be really funny is if you if your Bruins play the Sabres in the first round and they light up Linus Allmark. How do you like that? No, well, that's the thing. Linus Allmark didn't really Sabres leave. Sabres revenge. No, that's the thing. Linus Allmark didn't really leave unceremoniously. Um, it was just he well, he wanted out of there in the worst way. He, and yeah, about? it was like mutual. Um, but also, you <laughs> got to think. There's also kind of a curse on Buffalo right now. Uh, if you noticed, if every time they trade somebody or get rid of somebody, they go on to win a cup. Zach Pagosian, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, uh, there's a couple others out there. Like, which short time after they leave Buffalo, they just flourish. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? That's so that's why the finals is going to be Buffalo. Uh, is going to be Boston Vegas. But I think it's <laughs> I think it's hilarious that you know if you remember, Buffalo got maligned for that Ryan O'Reilly trade when it happened. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And look at all the assets that came back, and look what Tage Thompson's doing now. Yeah, oh, you don't think St. Louis won't like him back? So I remember my buddy. He was during the, those years, like it was like the Buffalo, just garbage years, and it was like, and he was flipping out about the team, and he's like, "And what did we get back? Tage fucking Thompson." And now I'm just texting him like, "Yeah, how's that? You know, how's that about Tage out? Thompson now? The guy needed some more conditioning. Like, yeah. let him, you, you like you're rushing this. You want results now, and results now isn't always going to happen." No, and that it usually doesn't actually. Never does. You know, you get a prospect like Tage Thompson. Yeah, you're upset that he's not flourishing right now, but you now you're looking at, at at everyone else and laughing like it's where was where was that sentiment before? It wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just just some of these local hockey fans just don't know. Uh, there's a lot of emotion involved with hockey too. Yeah, I mean, there you know, like with any sport, you know. You, and listen, that's what you want. You want passionate fans, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's not it's not fun anymore. If you don't have anybody yell and scream at, you know. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, so listen, I'm going to close this segment up by asking you guys one question and one question only, and I'm going to start with you, Ed. Give me a surprise pick out of the Eastern Conference. Who could actually turn some heads and go? Oh, I didn't think of them. Nobody in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Um, you know. Okay, who's got the best chance to beat your Bruins then? Carolina. Okay. All right. Fair Fair Carolina. Then you get murdered. <laughs> with, all due, with all due respect, I I don't think nobody's gonna stop Carolina. Really? Ooh, that's interesting. I do. I do. I think their goaltending is can be shaky. Um, I think their offense is a juggernaut. Their defense is a juggernaut. They're really, their goaltending is their, their weak point. And if Anderson can't stay healthy, which he's known to get injured at inopportune yeah. times, yeah. it's it really is up in the air. Um, 
and you know, it's hockey. People get injured. He's yeah. going to get injured like game one of the Eastern Conference Finals and tear his quad, and he's going to break a thumb, and he, then he's going to get a type three concussion because he got out of bed wrong. Because that's Frederick Anderson. <laughs> it's true. All right. I'm not All wrong right. on that one. Well, and plus, uh, Boston's had his number historically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor, your turn. Who can surprise us out of the Eastern Conference? Uh, I am. I'm just throwing this one out there. I'm, um, because it seems every year there's some Cinderella team that shocks everybody. I'm gonna say Florida. Whoa, he's got Florida getting in. That's really interesting. I'm gonna say Florida. Um, I like watching. I it's, it's both good. Like, Chuck brothers, I love watching them play. Can you imagine an Ottawa Florida playoff series? That would be a lot of fun too. Watching those two tangles. Did you see today that Talbot dealt for three weeks? That who? Ottawa's goalie. Oh, Talbot again? Yeah. Or a body injury. Yeah. Cam Glass Talbot. (laughs) So that I was going to go with Ottawa until I just looked at that. So, but I am going to go with the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers. He's got them getting in. Yeah, but you know what though? That's interesting because if they do get in, there is enough talent on that team to make some noise. And let's be real, Sergei Bobrovsky has been playing a lot better lately. Oh yes, and he is a two-time Vezina Trophy winner. They've turned it around since the since the All Star break, and they they've been playing a lot better hockey. I just don't think I think they're too far behind to really get started now. Well, let's see. What did we say they got? Oh, they got three <laughs> points to make up. I think they do and it. They but they got. Pittsburgh's got two games in hand, but you know what? It's going to depend on who goes on that losing streak at the end of the season. I think it's, it's going to be Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh always do. Pittsburgh's going to go on a losing streak. I think it's, they're going to fall apart. Well, Pittsburgh's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, that's I I I, I can't I, I can't disagree with that. I can't. I really. I I just I see them being one more injury away too from a major major disaster. I but, think they're. You know, I, I see that. The, that injury's so, coming soon. So, for me, I'm telling you, I got the Buffalo Sabres getting into the playoffs. And I, I think that they're not going to win a first round. But I'll tell you who I think is going to potentially make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, the New Jersey Devils. I really, truly believe that. And I think if there's a team out there that can give Boston a run, that can really scare the crap out of them, I think it's New Jersey. Because there's a wild card at play here, boys. There's a wild card at play. Like I said, Luke Hughes is coming in. And if Luke Hughes has the same effect on the Devils that Cal McCarr did when he came in, remember that right after the national championship? So, yeah. I think I think there's a puncher's chance there. Or is he going to do the Hughes thing and be made of glass? Well, who knows? He's bigger than Jack, so. And Quinn. I mean, so, my pinky. So who knows, right? I mean. <laughs> um, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, well, I'll no, tell you what. I'll tell you what, Eddie. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go to our 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 Zamponi time machine here because oh. we gotta get we gotta get something in for the Sports History Network, right? Yeah, we gotta do like this one. This is a Boston Bruins based one, so you're gonna like this Ooh. a lot. All right. So the Zamboni Time Machine is, of course, brought to you by SportsHistoryNetwork.com. You can catch all the Sports History Network podcasts and shows and all that on the Sports History Network on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So anyways, this week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to January 3rd of 1929, the night Eddie Shore drove all night through a snowstorm to play in a game. 
Eddie Shore played for the Boston Bruins and is widely considered to be hockey's first superstar defenseman. He was as rough as he was talented. And over the course of his career, he broke his back, collarbone, and hip. Every tooth has been knocked out of his head, broke his nose 14 times, broke his jaw five times, and had over 900 stitches put in his body. Despite all of this, Shore rarely missed a game. In Shore's era, travel, teams traveled by train. Was, air travel was in its infancy then. The Bruins were scheduled to play a game on January 3rd in Montreal against the Maroons. And every member of the Bruins managed to make the train to Montreal except for Shore, who missed the train because of a traffic jam. The next train to Montreal was canceled because of an incoming blizzard, but Shore absolutely refused to miss the game. He reached out to a wealthy friend of his who loaned Shore the use of his chauffeur and limousine. As they headed north out of Boston, the storm hit and it was a doozy. The driver did not want to go any further, so Shore made him get out and take the, pa take the passenger seat, and he took over driving himself. The pair found an all-night gas station where they bought some chains for the tires, but that did not help the visibility as the wipers froze to the windshield. Shore removed the top half of the windshield, and they continued through the night, driving through the sleet and blizzard conditions without the protection of the windshield. They had to stop and purchase another set of tire chains, and even with those, they still had to be pulled out of a ditch twice by people who happened to live nearby. Despite all of this, Eddie Shore arrived in Montreal at 5.30, just in time for the game at 7. Despite no sleep, numb legs, and a hands and face that were windburned by, uh, by frostbite and uh, windburn. Yeah, I just screwed that up, so I'm just reading this off. Uh, Shore talked to Bruins coach Art Ross into letting him play that night. The Bruins won one nothing on a goal by, you guessed it, Eddie Shore. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni time machine. You know, I wish I'd actually printed that out because I'm, I'm looking at it off my phone. And when you get old like that, that, that gets hard to read because uh, even my glasses on, it's tough. But anyways, that is our Zamboni time machine. What do you think of that? Eddie Shore is an absolute legend. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. a monster. Should have been put in prison multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised one of his uh, – because he bought the Springfield Indians after yeah. he got done playing of the AHL there. I'm surprised one of his players didn't kill him because <laughs> – yeah. I, from my understanding, he like sucker punched this guy so hard who played for the Maple Leafs that he forced him into retirement. <laughs> um, which I think, and I could be getting some players mixed up here. I believe because he retired, he died of a broken heart. Could be. Uh, there was another, because I know I've heard that story a couple times, and I've heard a Maple Leafs player, um, a Montreal Canadiens player, and a uh, Red Wings player. Three different players died from broken hearts being forced into retirement. Yeah, Not Howie off Morenz of Shore. Who was it? Howie Morenz. Montreal Canadiens legend. Right, okay, so it was Howie Morenz. Career ended because of a broken leg, and he just couldn't, he never got over it. Yeah. Never. Yeah, they, they, they legally died, killed him. The yeah. Legally said he died of a broken heart. Yeah. True enough. True yeah, enough. That's right, Howie Morenz. Well, boys, this has been fun. This really has. You know, we should do this again next week. I like that idea, Scott. What do you think, Connor? Should we do this again next week? I'm down. All right. Let's do this again next week. Uh, we don't know what date yet, but we'll we'll play that one by ear. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. So yeah. that's, that's one that's question for both of you. Yeah. Sure. Who do you think is going to make it to the finals? Ooh. <laughs> West. Ooh. Um, wow. If you had to pick two teams right now, as is, who West do you think Dallas. would go? Wow. Who'd you I say? Boston Dallas. Boston Dallas. Dallas. The Dallas is looking good right That's now. one team I forgot about. Dallas. Dallas is looking good right now. Um, is it too late to change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want it to be LA so I can beat Scott up 
emotionally for it. That would be so much fun. I mean, I could it be would be. We would have. I would throw a party. Uh, if every game the cups in the building, I'm throwing a party. Uh, you know, it's hard to pick against Boston right now, but I think Colorado is going to find a way to get back to the final. I think they're too banged up. Uh, yeah, but you know what up. though? There's still time for him to get healthy. It's... Players are going to be back. Double repeat. I don't no. think they're going to win it. I don't think they're going to win it. But I, yeah, I they'll find a way. I know that we just seen in our lifetimes now what two teams repeat. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not going to happen a third time. No. But if they get healthy fast enough, sure. But yeah. I don't see it. I don't. I realistically don't see a, the the team getting that healthy that fast. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, boys. Well, that's it for this week. So uh, for everybody out there listening, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, like we just said, we will be back next week. So. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.